0: Can I cup coffee in here please?
1: yeah 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 good morning what the hell am I doing live oh good morning it's Monday morning january 31st the first month of 2022 is gone almost got a few more hours January is generally uh the shittiest month of the year anyway uh january 31st Monday January 31st 2022 uh good day to be alive I guess. Better, better to be alive than dead, I guess. <laughs> as I mentioned, January is the shittiest month of the year. Why? Lots of reasons. First of all, it's cold as fuck in the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, and uh, secondly, more light on the subject. That's a little better. Getting a flashing light thing. Got to adjust that. Let's see if we do this really quick. Boom, boom. No, that didn't help, did it? Ooh, that did not help at all. Oh. Ooh! Uh, now we're too bright. I'm a I'm a very bright guy. Uh, anyway, uh, also the Christmas bills are starting to come due for a lot of people, which makes January a kind of a uh, sh- a terrible month. So I'm glad to see it go. I'm always happy to see February get here. I don't know what's with this uh, flashingness I'm getting on here. Ooh! Now I'm all red. See how red I am? I'm a red man. Not a red man. I'm a red man. I'm not Brian Redman. I'm Doggy Red Man. Good morning, folks. Good to see you all here. Um lots to talk about today. Rogan put out a uh a video on Instagram explaining his position, and he's going to be putting a disclaimer on controversial shows on Spotify. That's good news. Step in the right direction. Uh, the video he put it out there is kind of photo bullshit bullshit. <laughs> and I'm going to point out some of the, some of the stuff, uh, he's in denial, which is common. And it's a very human thing. You done, you've done something wrong and you try to justify it in your mind, every which way you can. But I think he's got, he's sincere in his intent in trying to bridge the gap, uh, be more responsible. And, uh, Talk about that a little bit later. John Pavaramo will be with with me in the uh, ten o'clock hour. I'm sure he'll have a lot to say about that. Um, it's beyond Rogan, though, and I want that's a, a, something I don't want to touch on. Absolutely, is this idea that um, being responsible um, is uh, really really important to all of us, and Rogan being out there, the face of podcasting and drawing all this heat um, will make it more difficult for all of us if he's not more responsible. And all of us have to be more responsible. But um, And I'm going back now to the days of terrestrial radio, and I'm going to bring up Howard Stern and his battles with the FCC. And remember what the FCC is about, And how how they came to be, because broadcasters could not be trusted to police themselves. And so the FCC was created uh, in order to tame in the Wild West of the new technology known as radio. And this is what happens when people, when things become Wild West. Things become a little bit out of control. The government will step in and um, moderate it, control it. And so, if we don't want that, every podcaster, every blogger, every broadcaster needs to be a little more responsible to keep to keep the dogs of government out of the out of our business. And I know it's a difficult thing to do. Uh, you know, you want to, especially in comedy, you don't want to be you don't want to be stifled in comedy on things you can say, and and I don't think we should be. Uh, but when you're talking about important topics of the day and news uh, stuff, um, it's important to be more responsible and be really sure that if you're presenting something as opinion. You put it out there as opinion and not make statements like anybody who doesn't agree with this is a fucking idiot, especially when you have the influence of of Rogan with as many people as he has. But everybody across the board, myself included, uh, have to do that. So I'm going to be playing his video. I think I'll probably wait till John uh, comes on board to kind of share that hello Christine uh, uh, Christina I see you uh, getting in trouble on Facebook for nudity and sexual behavior. I want to know what all that's about uh, you're gonna have to fill us in on that please. Um, had a uh, kind of a productive uh, meeting with with uh, my friends uh, Carl and Jamie yesterday and we will be uh, working on some cool things in a couple of weeks we'll probably have some um, some new stuff to announce. Do do want to say that Um, heard through the grapevine that on Carl's podcast with Brett Brock the other day. By the way, I raided Brett Brock's uh, wardrobe today. I'm wearing his shirt. Went all the way down to Nashville to steal his shirt. Uh, heard uh, Jamie and Carl were making jokes about uh, some sexual behavior with my wife now. That kind of humor might that might pass for for respectful humor over in your backwards uh, your, your continent over there that that I don't even know what to call it low-life continent <laughs> over on that uh, eastern side of the world. <laughs> but here in civilized uh, earth, North America. That's duel and stuff. So I'm going to, I have to actually challenge both Colin and Jamie to a duel now. Uh, old style. Uh, pistols at uh, 10 paces. And I hope they will be man enough to accept that. Cross the line, uh, an old-fashioned duel is what, what the only remedy for this. We're going to have to, on the field of honor, as they say, uh, meet with pistols. Anyway, um you recall last week, joke from, from eighteen, uh but a sexual and nudity joke, uh, I guess. I'm just curious about the sexual because I it, in in the thing you were banned from Facebook, it said, and I'm talking to Christina, I always forget to to remind the people on the audio side that I'm talking to comments a lot of the times. Um in the in the thing you got banned for or the thing that got censored from facebook it said because you you violated nudity and sexual uh community guidelines uh so we want to know what it is nobody's going to ban us here tell me tell me what's going on come on come for come come clean with the the sexual and nudity stuff remember last week i uh, told you about on facebook when i challenged my trump supporter friends uh I asked them if they would they would kill me for Donald Trump, and some people reacted to that, and I got some mail on that that said that that's a uh, crazy thing. Trump would never ask anybody to do that. Well, he actually did this weekend. I don't know if you missed it, and with with all the football and Joe Rogan, Neil Young nonsense, Trump asked people. Well, specifically to commit violence if he's not, if he's uh, indicted and sent to prison, he's asking his followers uh, to start a civil war. Civil war uh, pretty much entails brother killing brother, neighbor killing neighbor. So there it is. Donald Trump is actually moving forward with that idea of asking friends to kill friends if they're not on his side asking brother to kill brother if they're not on his side. He went further to say uh that he would pardon all the January 6th people if he is uh reelected. And uh indicating that anybody who commits further crimes to get him reelected if he does get uh elected again, uh he will pardon them. Very dangerous, very dangerous. He's gone the full Hitler road. I know a lot of people out there are still support him, for whatever fucking reason. Um, if people are not seeing uh, the reality, it's coming down to this: Would you kill me for a, uh, for I want to say Adolf Hitler, Donald Trump? That's what it's coming down to. Republicans find somebody else. That's all. Find another person who's not going to ask you to fucking kill your neighbors. For you, if you can't find somebody who's not going to ask you to kill your neighbors and your friends, we're we're lost as a society. As humanity is lost, you there are definitely people you can find. I don't care what your beliefs are, you can find somebody who's not going to ask you to commit murder for them. And if you think he loves America. But he wants you to kill half. He wants to divide America in, into a civil war. I don't. I don't know how to get through to you. But it, it's going to come down to, um, going to come down to what just exactly the uh, question I posed to my friends, who only uh, five or six of them could answer. Absolutely not. I would not kill you for Donald Trump. A handful of them. Most of the people I asked that have uh, defriended me, blocked me, whatever. It is what it is, but uh, it's come down to reality now. He's asking people to do it. And so you really have to decide. You're going to have to decide, am I willing to kill my neighbor? Am I willing to kill my friend, my brother, for Donald Trump? That's the reality. That's where we are today. And that part has been totally overlooked. Uh, as mentioned, John Pavarama will be joining me um, at the 10 o'clock hour. And later on this week, I just some uh, promotional stuff here. Wednesday, Groundhog Day, Jackie the Joke Man Martling will be with me. And we'll be talking about a new podcast that he's uh, he's launching, I believe, that night. Um. We'll get caught up on that and of his book, and we'll talk a little bit about the Stern years. And for people who don't know uh, Jackie's history, Jackie was a um, a stalwart on Long Island long before Howard Stern even got his radio show. He used to have a joke line uh, back in the phone sex days. <laughs> Remember they had phone sex? Well, Jackie was on that same network with one, I think, nine hundred joke or something, joke line, something like that. Uh, Jackie's joke line. And you call up and he just tell you jokes, we recorded message, a new joke every day. Um <laughs> talking probably early 80s. I'm not sure exactly when it was, but it way back, way back before Stern was even on AM radio in New York. Um, and that's where Jackie kind of became famous in our tri-state area. And then, of course, being on the Howard Stern Show, and once that one syndicated, um, became a national na- name. Um, not a follower of Stern, so I don't really know the whole all the details. I'm looking up that and doing the research on that this weekend of what went wrong in that relationship, but I will definitely be schooled in it by the time he gets here Wednesday morning. I want to thank Michael Zinn for hooking me up with that uh interview tonight i have naomi grossman who is uh a very up-and-coming uh, actress um played pepper on a popular fx uh series she's uh won an emmy for a short film uh on television um control alt delete um so looking forward to tonight's program as well and actually. Um, Oh, what do we got happening in, in the chat room here? I'm missing a whole lot of comments. Wow, lots and lots of stuff. Good morning, everybody who's with me today. I don't want to do the whole roll call here. Uh, what does Kevin saying? Reported my lingering running nose sore, throat, and cough to our clinic at work. They told me to stay home through Wednesday and update them against Wednesday, more symptoms. I would just continue to have those symptoms for the rest of my life if I were you. I mean, just I'd call up and say, no, nah, it's still, still a little sniffly. Need another day off. But that's just me. Going to be three week at home starting to go a little crazy. Nah, don't go crazy. Start a podcast. (laughs) Uh, Morning, Kevin and Jamie. Yeah, Kevin and Jamie. Jamie, I don't know if you've heard, but I've challenged you and Carl to a a duel, a traditional duel, 10 paces for. uh, Some derogatory things you said about my wife on uh, the podcast with Brett Rock the other day. I think I didn't hear about them knew all about them. I have uh, I have people watching and reporting on things you say. So obviously you said some uh, some nasty things. Uh, and even now it's probably too late for a full uh, public apology on this. I demand a duel pistol to ten paces uh, and if you don't show up on the field of honor, uh, you will be forever shamed and dishonored. Anyway, phone lines are open today. I'm going to open the phone lines before John comes in. At least we'll have uh, open phone lines if anybody wants to call in. Haven't heard from uh, or much about Andy, but I, I expect he's doing okay uh, and so uh, recovering nicely. I hope that's the case. Don't really know. I think there will probably my uh, bet would be there will probably be an issues with Andy out Friday. I would be shocked if there isn't. Um, uh, what I'm? Um, uh, what is this comment about? What does spit roasting mean? Um, I don't know what that. What is that in re, uh, reference to? I don't know what that. What is that in reference to, Craig? Good morning, Craig. I haven't said good morning to you. Good morning. Um. Where was I? I'm I'm losing my track of mind already. So early. Um, Andy switched to an iPhone. Could be a what? Oh, what? He can't. He can't, he can't figure. Uh, can't figure out the iPhone. Nah, I don't think that's the case. Um, iPhone's pretty easy to figure out pretty quickly. He's just uh, recovering, or just wants to give us a break, or me a break. That's fine. I'm cool with that. It's all good um i was mentioning the fcc and i think it really is important um for everybody who's in the and it, it, this is a really important moment so initially the nonsense between people taking sides between joe rogan and neil young It's just silly personality, cult of personality bullshit. Oh, my guy versus your guy. Uh, I don't, I'm not a guy, uh, I don't (laughs) fan of either one of them at this point. I mean, and I've been fans of both of them, but not to the point where uh, I'm going to take sides on either one of them. I think Neil Young is full of shit on this whole subject, to be honest with you. I think uh, Neil Young has had a history of doing things for attention. Uh, He has also had a history of not being all that sincere in some of his stated positions. In other words, he's a big climate change guy, but he also drives and and has a hobby of restoring old gas guzzlers, uh, big tail fin automobiles, many of them. That's his hobby. Those are kind of inconsistent. But I do think Every once in a while, he misses the spotlight he had from 1968 until 1980, whatever it was. And does things to get himself back in the news or, you know, his anti-war stuff or... Uh, and, and I think he was sincere in the position of being against uh, the Iraq War uh, and Afghanistan. Or I think he was sincere in that, but the timing of it and the capitalization of it and selling albums on the back of it seems a little hokey. Now, I think that's what this was about, because, and I think it worked, uh, because if he was sincere uh, on the whole Spotify stuff, there was stuff long before Joe Rogan um, was even exclusive on Spotify, reasons for anybody sincere... About not liking Spotify's policies to get off of there. But also, we look at uh, the result. The result speaks for itself. Neil Young has had more plays in the last week on Apple iTunes than he has since the inception of Apple iTunes, Apple Music, whatever it's called now. His music has been played more in the last week than it has been in the last 30 years. It's a big win for uh neil young and i do think he's insincere in 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 that fashion i think this was all about getting more attention for him missed the attention now he's loving the attention it's all about him so there's that and i was a fan of neil young's music still love harvest uh love some of the stuff he did with, with with crosby stills nash and young um and I do like even some of the stuff he did later on that was that Pearl Jam was uh, influenced by, and then his work with them and all that stuff. But I do think uh, Harvest Moon from '92 that was pretty big yeah, in '92, thirty years ago. <laughs> um, so I do think, um, you know, I'm not bashing Neil Young and saying he's an untalented nobody, but I do think this was all about publicity for him. Renewed publicity for him. He misses the spotlight. And he has a history of missing the spotlight and doing things to get himself back in the spotlight. For money. And he does also have an um, an interest in or a, a history of being a little bit insincere about causes. Anyway, um, the Spotify thing is, again... <sighs> being somebody who's on spotify and knowing how they rape artists and we we went down this even before this controversy came came to be just a couple of months ago uh came to light that so many uh comedians had their work on there and weren't being being paid at all and i was urging people to get off spotify then had nothing to do with rogan spotify and and here's the, the problem i have with this whole controversy some people, no matter what, no, I shouldn't say no matter what side you're on, if you're on Rogan's side of this whole thing, if you're a, a huge Rogan fan, you're thanking Spotify. and Spotify, Thank you, Spotify, for sticking by Joe Rogan. Like, they're doing it out of principle.
2: They're not
1: doing it out of principle. Spotify has, can, is concerned about one thing, profit, profit, profit. Now, I'm sure the $4 billion loss they took in the stock hit is probably rebounding a little bit by now i would imagine um that influenced their idea or or their initiative to start putting disclaimers in front of uh rogan's podcast i think that's a good thing a disclaimer that these are opinions and you should make up your own mind that's that's a step in the absolute right direction but again, it comes down to we don't want the FCC or we don't want some new new agency created just to police internet decency like the FCC was done for radio. We don't want that. To avoid that at all costs, we need to be more responsible, each and every one of us. Now, uh, I guess, I have as if, uh, people see, I'm assuming people saw, the video that rogan put out there explaining his side of the story if not i'm going to be playing it i should play it i don't know if i should wait for for john to come in to play that um i'm getting some of this stuff uh gonna get some of the comments from the uh from the peanut gallery here uh what was kevin saying they're just doing it chasing money um they gave into what was asked when 260 plus medical that's gonna be stopped the warning is that is that what the 260 and they you know what uh there was some controversy about that those people weren't all doctors and scientists either they were um just people a lot of them um giving the show equal footing is being believable Mm. i'm all for and i'm totally against censorship totally against censorship because being a being a broadcaster even though small-time broadcaster as i am um you don't want because it's going to come around and bite you sooner or later uh huh. And I'm sure if there was a censorship board, like like some people claim there is, eventually they would even get around to me, even as small potatoes as I am. Um, so totally against censorship. But I do think everybody should be encouraged to be more responsible. Rogan seems to at least heard that message. in And I guess I have to play the video now. It's a nine minute video. I should probably play it a little bit stop and comment on it uh because there are some it's still again he's in denial um and uh I think he's sincere about not wanting to be the center of controversy, but I think he's he he's lying to himself as he as he speaks, and so I'm gonna play the video what the fuck I'm gonna go for it right now um let's see here how i share screen let's go it's on instagram which is strange to me too why why did he he's got a platform where he reaches 30 million people a day why put it on instagram where you wait
2: i wanted to make a video to address some of the controversy that's been going on over the past few days and first of all to say thank you to everyone that sent love and support i truly truly appreciate it and it's been very nice to hear from you. I wanna make this video, first of all, because I think there's a lot of people that have a distorted perception of what I do, maybe based on sound bites or based on headlines of articles that are disparaging. Um, The podcast has been accused of spreading dangerous misinformation, specifically about two episodes, a little bit about some other ones, but specifically about two. One with uh, Dr. Peter McCullough,
1: It's not about two episodes. That's false, right? Right from the start. It's not about those two episodes. Those two episodes are very publicly known about, and those were caused a lot of controversy for sure. But it's not about those two episodes. There's far more than that. And specifically uh, for me, and I talked about it very often, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, tried to um, address the issue as best I could. This idea that he's spreading a big lie—the big lie that the election was not only stolen uh, and and that nonsense that's been debunked every which way and makes absolutely no fucking sense whatsoever—but his agent provocateur nonsense, where. He claimed that Ray Epps and, uh, Stuart Rhodes were, uh, absolutely agent provocateurs. Uh, and, um, anybody who, quoting him, anybody who doesn't get that is a fucking idiot. So, um, that had nothing to do with COVID, man, or, any, or those two, um, two episodes that he talked about. And... They were totally debunked, and even his reasoning for making those um, accusations against two people—both of those guys should be suing his ass right away. Um, his reasoning was that Stuart Rhodes had not been arrested. Well, Stuart Rhodes is in jail now, and and actually is being held till trial because he can hes being held without bail. Uh, Ray Epps was never arrested because he never committed a crime, but he has testified before the January 6th committee. He's been uh, um, pretty much uh, uh, interviewed by the FBI several times. Um, And so Rogan's whole foundation for that stuff has been completely debunked. He has never stepped back from the idea that, because that's a dangerous thing to say. Because when you're saying that this is the deep state that was responsible for January 6th, you're encouraging those fucking idiots to do it again. It's it's as dangerous as the big lie. It's as dangerous as what Trump said this weekend calling for a civil war. He hasn't backed off that at all. So I'm going to continue with this, but that's the first lie here in Rogan's... uh, um misinformation or denial here. So let's and go.
2: one with Dr. Robert Malone. Dr. Peter McCullough is a cardiologist and he is the most published physician in his field in history. Dr. Robert Malone owns nine patents on the creation of mRNA vaccine technology and is at least partially responsible for the creation of the technology that led to mRNA vaccines. Both these people are very highly credentialed very intelligent, very accomplished people, and they have an opinion that's different from the mainstream narrative. I wanted to hear what their opinion is. I had them on, and because of that, those episodes in particular, uh, those episodes were labeled as being dangerous. They had dangerous misinformation in them. The problem I have with the term misinformation, especially today, is that many of the things that we thought of as misinformation just a short while ago are now accepted as fact. Like, for instance, eight months ago, if you said, if you get vaccinated, you can still catch COVID and you can still spread COVID, you would be removed from social media.
1: That's a lie.
2: They would would ban you from certain platforms. Lie. Now, that's accepted as fact. If you said, I don't think cloth masks work, you would be banned from social media. That's a lie. Now, that's openly and repeatedly stated on CNN. If you said, I think it's possible that COVID-19 came from a lab, you'd be banned from many social media platforms. That's a Now, lie. that's on the cover of Newsweek. All of those theories that at one point in time were banned were openly discussed by those two men that I had on my podcast that have been accused of dangerous misinformation.
1: Okay, stop it right there. The, oh, he just said three important lies. Nobody was ever banned from saying any of those uh, those things as a matter of fact i had experts on my show far back as april of 2020 i had an author who was uh, written a book on the wuhan lab and his theory that it escaped from the lab It was on every social media platform did not face any um flashback or, or any kind of uh negative attention for that Got uh, I think 120,000 downloads on that program, uh, from the audio side. 120,000 downloads. Uh, it's on every social media network. Pushed it very hardly. Never got banned from anything. So uh, that's a lie. Uh, the mask stuff. I've had people on constantly talking about the, um, the effectiveness of masks. Never got banned. On every social matter, uh, everything he said about the idea that you would get banned for talking about these things, lies, absolute lies. Nobody ever got banned for talking about those things responsibly. And uh, the problem is he endorses it and gets, uh, not only puts the ideas out there, but tells his people that if they don't believe in this stuff, they're fucking idiots. That's the truth. That's the truth. They, so he's him, him trying to whitewash this and saying, I just discussed these things, and experts come on and share their opinions, and anybody who else uh, else who talked about these things uh, was banned, but now we know them to be truth. That's absolutely not true. It's It's false and a lie.
2: I do not know if they're right. I don't know because I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I'm just a person who sits down and talks to people and has conversations with them. Do I get things wrong? Absolutely. I get things wrong, but I try to correct them whenever Um,
1: I. No. That's again a lie. He used to be that person. Uh, If you remember two summers ago, when he claimed that the uh, wildfires in Northern California were started by Antifa or left wing radicals, Uh, that was quickly debunked. And the next day, he came on and apologized for that. He did try to correct that. He admitted that he was wrong and it was uh irresponsible of him to do that and promise to be more responsible in the future just as he's doing today or last night when or yesterday when he put this out um but he hasn't done that since he hasn't done that with anything that he's uh claiming he's been responsible for so uh, since he's moved to austin It's a lie. He has not tried to be uh, correcting of him. I get
2: something wrong. I try to correct it because I'm interested in telling the truth. I'm interested in finding out what the truth is. And I'm interested in having interesting conversations with people that have differing opinions. Um, I'm not interested in only talking to people that. Uh, have one perspective that's one of the reasons why i had sanjay gupta on dr sanjay gupta who i respect very much and i really enjoyed our conversation together well that's a a little
1: bullshit there he he brought sanjay gupta on now uh uh, and i'm not defending gupta or cnn and in their position on stuff i do believe that uh cnn Absolutely is a biased network and puts out information that serves whatever demographic they think they're serving. But he brought Gupta on uh, to embarrass him and, and make make a fool of him and hold him accountable for everything the network does. That's absolute. what I just said there was absolutely true. So this idea that he respects him and likes him and brought him on for, to share his, uh, his side of the story. Uh-uh. He brought him on to bury him.
2: In, than those men do. I had Did Dr. Dr. Michael him. Osterholm on at the very beginning of the pandemic. Um, he is on President Biden's COVID-19 advisory board. I had uh, Dr. Peter Hotez on, who is uh, a vaccine expert. I'm interested in finding out what is correct and fi- I'm also finding out how people come to these conclusions and what the facts are. Now, because of this controversy, and I'm sure there's a lot of other things going on behind the scenes with these controversies, but uh, Neil Young has removed his music from the the platform of Spotify and uh, Joni Mitchell and uh, apparently some other people want to as well. Um, I'm very sorry that they feel that way. I, 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 I most certainly don't want that. Uh, I'm a Neil Young fan. I've always been a Neil Young fan. I'll tell you a story at the end of this about that. One of the things that Spotify wants to do that I agree with is that at the beginning of these controversial podcasts, like specifically ones about COVID, is to put a disclaimer and say that you should speak with your physician and that these people and the opinions that they express are contrary to the opinions of uh, the consensus of experts, which I think is very important. Sure, have that on there. I'm very happy with that. Um, Also, I think uh, if there's anything that I've done that i could do better is uh have more experts with differing opinions right after i have the controversial ones uh i would most certainly be open to doing that and uh, i would like to talk to some people that have uh, differing opinions on those podcasts in the future we'll see um you know i do all the scheduling myself and uh, i don't always get it right this these podcasts are very strange because they're just conversations
1: uh, all right, that's enough, I guess. We'll, uh, first of all, I applaud them for supporting um, Spotify's decision. I think it actually goes too far. Uh, let me uh, remove this for now. I think it actually goes a little too far. I don't think they need to say um, that the opinions expressed on this program go against the consensus. I think all you need to do is say the, the opinions are those of the guests and do not uh, reflect uh, any fact any necessarily factual information. People are encouraged to find out and and do critical thinking for themselves. That's it. You know, the opinions expressed are those of the guests on the program. That's all. The opinions expressed are are those of the guests on the program. You don't need to say, well, it goes against the consensus and all that stuff. I if you want to say that, that's fine. I think that's going a little too far. Uh, let people make up their minds about uh, things, present ideas. But th- that's not what he's done. So, But I do a- a- applaud his initiative in doing that. And I think that's a uh, good way to go. I think that will uh, definitely calm things down a little bit. I hope he sticks to that. As far as the correctiveness stuff, he does need to correct... Uh, the dangerous stuff, the you know, COVID stuff. Let's face it, um, there is so much information out there, uh, and m- most of America is vaccinated. And people who don't, you know, get vaccinated, whatever their reasons, it's out there now. I mean, people have made up their minds pretty much and know. Joe Rogan program is gonna change anybody's mind. They've already made up their mind before he has that program on at this point. But the stuff about January 6th and the stuff about the big lie and stuff about, you know, political stuff that could cause a civil war or court war or further the divisiveness in the country based on lies based on stuff that he wants to believe and he doesn't correct that to me is far more important i mean this agent provocateur, provocateur stuff and it went over a lot of people heads and everybody's just concerned about neil young and Joni mitchell and cove and his covid stuff the biggest stuff is in the political nonsense and the conspiracy the deep state the alex jones deep well that he uh, is burying himself in And not presenting it as opinion at all, but telling his audience who loves him and thinks he's God. That if you don't believe this, you're a fucking idiot. That's dangerous stuff. That's the kind of stuff that starts riots. That's the kind of stuff that gets people killed. It's really important to kind of uh, keep that in perspective. And the whole COVID stuff and whichever side, vaccines, not vaccines. People have made up their fucking minds already. So any disclaimer you put is not going to change that in any single way. Uh, and it's just it's just mundane stuff. So that's Rogan stuff. Now he goes on to tell, and this is it's so fucking bizarre. He starts to talk about um his um story with Neil Young. And uh, where where he was a security guard. Now, I brought that up in the past. He's highlighting, and he doesn't even realize this, he's highlighting very um, unethical uh, behavior and a character flaw on his part. And I'm not going to play the whole video again. The basic uh, uh, gist of the story is he was hired as a security guard uh, got a phone call coming and I'll take the phone call. I'll come back to the Neil Young story um Good morning Michael can you hear me? Good morning you're on the you're on the air Mike
0: hey Matt what's happening
1: uh, not too much uh, what's happening with you you call, you called me <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: Well I'm hoping that just a little better am I getting a lot of traffic noise I am driving.
1: Uh yeah, I hear some traffic noise, but it's okay. We can hear your voice. It sounds okay.
0: Cool. Cool. Well, I you know, I'm really intrigued by your conversation. Um but uh I, I, I kinda wanna maybe see if I can direct it in another way. Uh and that is I, I posted a meme the other day that said something like, you know, uh a big picture of Young said if you don't stand the guy I don't like, I won't let you listen to rock in the free world. Uh you know, I just thought it was funny, you know. And uh, But I but I posted it and I said, by the way, the Russians are coming. And, uh, you know, it just kind of reminded me a little bit about accountability, what you're talking about. And I feel like the conversation that we should be having, and I don't know the answer, and I think that's why I feel like this should be the conversation we should be having, are what does the future look like as far as you know i can't imagine saying how do we find a leader that will represent the people because i feel like just the idea of looking for a leader leader you're you're putting yourself in that kind of submissive position so i i want to have conversations about what do we do as we the people
1: what do we see as what
0: what do we do as as we the people to Address what's going on, you know, with with the government, with with the world around us, with you know, everything that's happening.
1: Um, well,
0: uh, I mean, I'm I'm not asking you to come up with an answer off, off the top of your head.
1: No, but I do have I do have some ideas about that, and I kind of talked about it already this morning on. uh but the idea of self-governing so that the government doesn't have to step in. Again, the FCC and the Hayes Code and all those things were put in place because of technology uh, enabled people to go really far. And and the idea of of politics in America, and I I got banned from Huffington Post uh, in 2012 because uh, I, I stated the idea that Politics in America is a pendulum. It's a, it goes back and forth. And if you push too hard to the left, it's going to swing hard back to the right. If you push too hard to the right, it's going to swing. It wants to be in the middle. America wants to be in the middle. It's a pendulum that wants to rest and stasis, but we don't let that happen. So we push one way and it swings back the other way. And that's very true of this idea of government intervention. And we, the people who uh, really need to Be more responsible for ourselves and police ourselves better if we want the government to stay out of uh, telling us what to do. And we want some. Listen, we're never going to have the kind of power that we we talk about when we talk about, you know, the power to change the world or any of that stuff. The government will never let you have that. We're too small as individuals to, to have any real uh power in that sense but in order and in, in, for personal freedom for freedom of speech and uh freedom of expression we need to be able to police ourselves to keep the government
0: out of it absolutely yeah that's what that yeah yeah i remember that you were talking about that and that's what i was saying too accountability like it's personal accountability you know that's that's the most important thing and i think that that's what like That's what this last couple of years of, you know, all of a sudden the the word Karen is a thing, you know, and it's like, I feel like that kind of person, you know, if they would just be more accountable for themselves, they wouldn't need to worry so much about what other people are doing because everybody would be worrying about themselves and doing the right thing, you know?
1: Yep. Yeah, and it, it's really important to, to kind of notice that. And the idea and kind of what Rogan is expressing here is a natural human response. I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. Let me explain. And then uh, we have a tendency, and, and I'm not blaming Rogan as a, a human because we're all subject to these human frailties. But he, he falls right, into right. the idea of denial. I didn't do anything wrong and then convinces himself of a truth that is, uh, or, or a fallacy is true. The idea that uh, he's, he's, you know, always been fair and it's just conversation. That's not, if, if you look at the data and look at the recorded material, it's not true. He's been out there telling people, if you don't believe it's X, Y, and Z, you're a fucking idiot. And he's not just saying right. that to people who, strangers, people who worship him, he's putting that out there too. That's a whole different
0: ballgame. Yeah. So yeah, no, especially when you when you reach that level, you need to be more accountable for for what you're doing, for sure.
1: Right. So and you know, and the whole I, you, did, go ahead.
0: No, I was just I just wanted to check in because I feel like you know, like we're still having conversations about Rogan and and all of that stuff, and it's like, I think the more important conversation, and I'm certainly not putting it on you as your responsibility, but you know, the more important conversation is to talk to each other and get past this division that we're being presented you know that we should be looking at each other as vaxxed or unvaxxed you know that i don't know if you saw that uh canadian talk show with the kids who were saying oh if you know someone who's unvaccinated you should call the police but that was freaking scary
1: (laughs) yeah no that is scary and and uh, that's not just on the vaccination front we're being uh kind of brought into this whole rat on your neighbor uh, mentality for lots of different things i mean texas has it for, for for pregnancies and abortions now so um but the idea that uh we should all be policing uh our neighbors in some respect is, is a really that's a nazi idea i mean
0: yeah crazy
1: uh, rat out your neighbor when if they're doing things that the state doesn't approve of man that could it, it it's a really right, slippery slope, right.
0: <laughs> right? And meanwhile, what's going on behind your closed doors? You know right, what
1: I mean? right, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. A,
0: it's well. A, anyway, I just wanted to I just wanted to catch up with you. I'm uh, I'm heading to work today. Uh, I'm excited about Wednesday. Uh, so uh, I guess I'll I'll see you then. Yeah,
1: cool <laughs> stuff. Thank you for doing that, by the way. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll, we'll talk then.
0: <laughs> Have a good. Cool day. man. Thank I'm you. excited.
1: All right, brother. See you. Mike's in, folks. Um, yeah. You know, uh, just uh, on that, back on the Neil Young thing for a second, I don't think Neil Young uh, actually at, tried to censor um, Rogan. I think he he basically, and I, I don't think he was under any delusion that Spotify might say, no, Neil, you're more important to us than Rogan. I think uh, twofold he wanted to get more attention on himself and he didn't want to be on the same platform Uh, that even if rogan listen and and mike's right i mean we are talking too much about rogan and i'm talking too much about rogan but joe rogan will be all right whether he's on spotify or not he he could go anywhere. He could start his own network tomorrow and not lose a single one of his listeners. Listen, they he was on every podcast platform, and then he went exclusive to Spotify, and they all followed him over to Spotify. If he went to his own self-hosted podcast tomorrow, they would follow him where he is. Joe Rogan is not going to see any loss, and he'll be fine in all of this. Nobody's trying to censor him or shut him up in any way the government isn't stepping in and saying we can't have joe rogan broadcasting yet so uh, the, the idea of um, that neil threatened to censor him mm, censorship can be done by government powerful corporations or large institutions it can't be done by an individual so you can't you can never uh put censorship on one individual neil young is not in any way censoring or attempting to censor uh joe rogan that's just just the truth of it all now i was talking about the neil young story that rogan put out because it does highlight a character flaw again we're all human and i'm not condemning him for this but the fact that he would tell his story and brag about it to me is a window into the mind and the ethics of the of the guy. He was hired to be a security guard at a Neil Young concert. Now, he claims that it, the pay was $15 an hour. That should not matter, but it's important to him because, if to the story, because the way he tells the story, he was so hired to be a security guard, but he intentionally brought a hoodie to disguise his security guard status If things got too bad, he didn't want to get involved in it. So here's the thing, folks. Because the pay was $15 an hour was not worth getting beat up over. Well, you accepted the job. You accepted the job and you accepted the pay rate. And then you went there with the idea of not fulfilling the job that you uh, were hired to do. If you were called on to do the job, you would hide your security. Uh your security uniform under a hoodie and walk away from it. And in fact, that's exactly what he did. And he tells that story as if he's proud of it. I was not going to get my ass kicked for $15 an hour. Well, you saw, you took the job and agreed to do the job for $15 an hour. The pay should not matter. You took a job in good faith, or they hired you in good faith, expecting you to do a job. You took their money, but intending not to do the job if if needed if when called on and he brags about that story like and that to him that proves what a great neil young fan he was and now he's a fan of neil young to me that shows insight into a person of low moral character low moral fiber i don't if i take a job i don't care if it's a dollar an hour if it's 10 cents an hour i'm gonna do the job or I'm not going to take your money, and I'm not going to tell you I'm going to do the job with the intent of not doing the job because the pay is too low. It's, um, again, and he still holds on to that. Again, understanding that we're all human and all have our shortcomings. But he doesn't seem to get it. He doesn't seem to get that he's bragging about being an unethical, low moral character person and doing it as if it somehow redeems him in in all of this controversy that he's started. Not a cool thing. Not a cool guy. And and, um, the cult of personality is a huge problem in both politics, celebrity, uh, celebrity culture, pop culture, and all this stuff. We tend to... Put people on pedestals and and uh, raise them to a uh, higher stat- uh, higher importance than they really deserve. Whether that's Neil Young, Joe Rogan, anybody, whether it's Bruce Springsteen or um, Donald Trump or anybody really, anybody in the public eye that people start to <sighs> praise and 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 just look at and in. And... Good morning, Haim good to see you here uh welcome you're watching on linkedin we don't get too many people watching on linkedin uh good to have you here though um let me look at some of these comments here jamie can someone call my boss tell him my workload is too much and it's cutting uh in with coffee and the dog time yeah well uh you took the job (laughs) and you're taking the money go do the job and meet me on the field of honor you was heathen you uh jamie dykes there my friend um oh good i didn't listen to the end of the apology thanks for summarizing it (laughs) yeah well that that's uh that's basically it he's telling about uh, how we um How he was a huge Neil Young fan and he doesn't blame Neil Young and doesn't have any animosity towards Neil Young. And that's all good. And again, the bottom line here is I think Rogan made a very important first step here in his apology. Even though it's full of lies. Outright lies. Uh, Outright lies that probably he believes are true. And I don't know how you combat that. When people have have dug in so far in a lie that they've convinced themselves that it's true beyond any reason, uh, you can't uh, reason with them at all. Uh, Kevin got some stuff. Uh, the racist shits he's uh, said is coming up now in videos on socials. Not sure he's really racist, but he's got enough on tape. Uh, they can paint him, paint him as such um i'll just say this on that stuff uh first of all i have no idea whether he's racist or not and the idea that you can have you can have a hundred black friends and still be racist and i know that that will be the claim don't know if he's racist or not you never know what's in somebody's heart but as far as language and the n-word and all that stuff there i don't think i know a a white person and and i'm sure somebody in the in the uh chat room or somebody listen will send me an email saying oh you're wrong about that i don't know a white person who's never said the n-word including myself and said it in the worst of contexts, but we grow and we learn. And uh, now um, I, with myself, I can say it, it's been a very long time. But uh, Rogan is 13 years of podcast. He's got a, hours and, and so many hours of stuff. And I'm sure there is stuff that can make him seem it, you, you can cherry pick words here and there and lines of uh that he said that can paint him is anything beyond racist everything uh and so that's a dangerous road to go down to know what the per- what's in his heart as far as that stuff goes to really it's a, it's uh you have to know the man you have to know the person and none of us will ever I, there are people in the audience maybe who do know him actually people know him well people have worked with him i know people uh listen Everybody knows how much I, I love and admire uh, Brett Erickson, and, and uh, I actually asked him to come on and, and take, because he's been taking Rogan's side the last couple of days, and that's natural. He's a friend of Rogan's, and uh, his wife is very close with Rogan and works for him. Um, And so you want to defend your friends. That's admirable, I think, um, to stand up for your friends. I think you're missing the point, though, about because the person, yeah, there are people who make it a personal attack against Rogan. But there are other people like me who, uh, and I, I know I have attacked him personally in the past, and I've kind of uh, acknowledged that and tried to correct myself on that. It was wrong for me to attack him personally as um, being of bad intent, being... um intentionally putting out misinformation as if he's uh, doing it with ill will. Um, So I'm just reading the comments here, which is why I that that slow pause. I was wrong in in attacking Rogan personally on that. But uh, there are bigger issues here that go beyond the personal stuff to the real important stuff of spreading far more dangerous lies than than the or misinformation than the the COVID stuff. And that is particularly deep state, uh the stuff that really that QAnon was made of. Uh he has been a big player in that. And that's that's troublesome to me. Uh Kevin says Brett doesn't say much bad about him, but his wife and him moved to Austin for Rogan. So there's that. Yeah, conflict of interest. But again, I know that would seem a lot of people i don't fault brett that for i actually admire brett for that i would hope if it were me my friends would stand up for me in the same way that brett is standing up for, for rogan uh whether it's about you know financial stuff i don't you know doesn't really matter to me uh, i like loyalty but i come from a culture where um loyal to your friends and and, oh john's uh, messaging me right now um can we plug this show Uh, yes yes uh there he is (laughs) i just say i replied to you back on uh, facebook yes of course i plan on it uh for uh, and i think it's tonight right um yeah uh, yeah Good, good morning, by the way. <laughs>
3: How you doing? Good morning, sir.
1: Um, yeah, so I think more... Pe- and here we go. I'm plugging your show that is happening at the same time of my show and doing it selflessly because I think your show is, is actually better than my show. <laughs> uh,
3: and that's... Not that this is my guess but... One might be actually... Um, uh, I think it might be a pet peeve of yours because the, the one with Haley is at three and it's technically in the day. But oh. she is dystopia tonight because she's in England. Oh. So it's nighttime for her. Because I gotcha. know you. every time we do a show that's in the afternoon, I swear to God, you comment and you're like, it's not tonight. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, hopefully I, you get Michael Hilliard on from Australia and have to do one at six o'clock in the
3: morning. And then I'll really bust oh you. Oh, dude, that was fucking that. We, we had somebody. Uh, we had um, um, Hannah Joy from The Middle Kids on. And I, that was probably one of the most, that was probably our first one from Australia, but her manager or no, not her manager, her publicist or whatever was in LA. And I think she was more confused than anybody was about the time difference because I kept like correcting. I felt so bad, but I didn't want to like lose the guest by being a dick. But she was like, all right, cool. So we will see you at, and then every time she said the time, it was fucking wrong. And I was like, yeah, um, yeah or 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 we'll just see her at this time because that's the that's the time difference (laughs) right and then she was like i know when the time difference is and i'm like i'm like you do well i've been i've taken to actually just
1: talking in their time like so if i'm talking to somebody in california i will say we'll be on at three o'clock pacific time right or, or whatever uh but I got shot down on a potathon by saying this a couple of times. I just want to standardize things, so we could call this uh, fourteen for all I care. But as long as everybody <laughs> in the, on the planet thinks of this as fourteen, yeah. I, think... <laughs> I totally,
3: I totally agree, man. I'm like, I don't know, uh, and just... because
1: the world is getting smaller and more people are doing this thing. I think it really is getting up important to all get on the same.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. We're like, we just need to fucking figure it out. And that's all. only only for us because we have guests. That's all. Nobody yeah. needs to nobody needs to change the time other than us. <laughs> like, right. Uh so just so we're clear now, James Inman
1: will be on at 8 30 uh Eastern time tonight. Yes. And wh- who's the guest for the first half hour? It's...
3: Uh Haley McGee is an author and she wrote a book. Um um she uh, just about like uh dating and like the several breakups and stuff I think that she's had and how each one impacted her life in a certain way and stuff. So she, she wrote a book about it, but she's an, uh, she's an author. She's a, um, and an actress as well. Wow. Yeah. Uh, doesn't seem
1: like the kind of thing that I would normally see on dystopia tonight, but we'll, yeah,
3: what we'll... well, you know, it kind of wasn't. And, um, I guess her, her actually her team reached out to me, which also rarely, like I don't usually take it, um that way either but um yeah. should have phrased that differently um uh, but i uh <laughs> it's the morning i'm still not awake I know, <laughs> this is what I, happens.
1: i know when, I'm, I'm 53 episodes in i'm still trying to adjust to morning i get it
3: man i know man it's crazy <laughs> um but yeah no she's uh she's really interesting and very um the, the book is very interesting so i'm like happy about that um now inman
1: is um going to be an interesting guest and i Uh, think you're going to get a lot of traffic there but there's some confusion um you and correct me if i'm wrong do you only
3: broadcast on facebook uh no we broadcast facebook live twitch is also live and um i think that's it i think it's just facebook and twitch yeah
1: because he's promoting you your youtube channel and i'm like people you're going to send people there and nobody's going to be there oh wow um that's important so people i who, are, who are, and i know we have people listening right now who are inman fans if you're going to watch that show it's going to be on facebook on dystopia tonight and john's page i put a link on twitter
3: but james is putting his youtube stuff in there and he's not getting it <laughs> i i i'll i i did not even realize he was doing that so i will uh <laughs> i'll send him an email maybe he's watching
1: yeah. yeah uh and i i think you probably got a better approach to that in uh, but I've had a difficult time making that transition of, of not broadcasting everywhere that you're allowed to broadcast, and just right. focusing on uh, where you want want to draw the audience and make yeah. them come to you.
3: But you know what's crazy too? It's hard to tell, like because everybody loves their own platform. Like you know what I mean? Like it, it's just like, and I understand the impetus to want to like basically blast it everywhere because you're trying to get your show seen at the time. So you're like, oh, you you like uh, you like it when uh you know people go live from your toaster we'll do that too we'll do i didn't know you had wi-fi on there that's great
1: yeah so i started today talking about uh rogan Mm -hmm. uh and neil young i don't know if you're familiar with the uh apology video that uh rogan has done
3: Yeah, yeah i've already commented on that too like yeah i've been i've been getting into it uh, but yeah, I saw the, the apology. I saw the video. I don't think it was much of an apology, but I saw the video. Right. Uh, and and so uh, you want to give
1: me your take on it? Because I've talked about it pretty much at length here this morning. I'm uh, happy to recap my position on it. You, but...
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, so the I saw the video, oddly enough, late last night. And uh, it kept me up because immediately, like, here's the thing about Rogan, man. And, and here's the thing about comics in general. We're good at talking. So he's composed, uh he's appealing. he comes off really genuine, which I'm sure he is. That's the thing about that video, man. There's nothing disingenuous about you know uh his approach and 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 what he was saying as far as it's true to him. but right. within the first <laughs> within the first minute of that video, he gets a bunch of shit wrong again. Like, right. can I curse on this in the morning
1: And you can say shit, yes, you great great. Say- great. So you just can't yeah. say Rogan.
3: No, right. 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 <laughs> I'll say Rogaine. It's fine. Um, but, uh, yeah, he gets a bunch of stuff wrong right off the bat in the beginning. Like immediately, as soon as he starts to try to juxtapose, uh, misinformation, because that's another thing too, is he immediately bats it away. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm miss, I give out misinformation. Everybody gives out misinformation. He's like, well, what about, so as if, as if they're somehow equal, by the way. So one of the things he does is he says, uh, um, people in the beginning of this um, said that the vaccine was going to stop COVID completely. And uh, that was a lie. And that cloth masks were a lie and that they were giving it. And it's like, you know what? There's a difference between giving out crappy misinformation from doctors who have no idea what they're fucking talking about and who have a different agenda than people who are learning stuff in real time. When, when the, when everybody said, Cause somebody had sent me a bunch of clips that they had put together of like the media, you know, talking about the vaccine, uh, being the end all be all of COVID. Right. And it was, and I was like, yeah, because at the time for that particular variant, when the vaccines did come out, if everybody had done their fucking job, they would have, they would have, uh, they would have cinched it. You know, if we had all gotten vaccinated immediately, if we had gotten to that 90 percentile that we were supposed to have, um, it would have been it would have staved it off and we wouldn't have had fifty other variants of this thing, you know, coming out. But they didn't. Right. You know, and then so then it turned into, you know, okay, we've got a vaccine and it's um, you know, it 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 works and it'll it'll help us out and it'll basically stop COVID and it's tracks. We'll be able to get back to normal soon. Yeah. Didn't do it because then we had a bunch of other variants come out and you know we didn't get to the percentile that we needed to so it kind of held us back a bit cloth masks are the same way man they were like uh you know cloth masks never worked we said they never worked they did at a for a time and then omicron came along and then it got way way too contagious right and it was like omicron was getting in your like literally i think the way somebody explained to me is like it lingers in the air longer it can actually if it does get into your eyes you know, from just from just droplets that are in the air, that's how you can't, like, that's how you know much more contagious it was. So he's just not going into it any deeper than he wants to. Right. You know, for a guy who pretends to like nuance and long-form discussions, he has no interest in, in digging through anything else.
1: And anything that doesn't serve his preconceived notions, he will right. skim right over or react to. But my thing on this first of all i think he's in denial i do agree that i think he's sincere about this yeah uh this video he put out but i don't do think that the lies he's stating he actually believes though he's convinced himself that that's the truth yes uh and i can't be 100% positive of that cuz i don't know the man i'm not inside his head but i mm-hmm. i definitely feel like he's being sincere in, i didn't do anything wrong and and that's a natural human reaction to convince yourself My side of the story is is that I'm I'm angelic in this,
2: (laughs) right, right,
3: yeah, and yeah, exactly. And the thing is, though, is that he's also got like it's so crazy to me that like we law we, you know, we deplatformed Trump, and you know his sycophants are you know still out there or whatever, and I totally get it, but you don't hear them as much anymore. But they seem to have drifted over to Joe, right? And I'm not saying that he's as bad as Trump or anything like that but it's just another cult figure kind of a thing it's another person to rally around you know it's it's like these there's just like a a bunch of lost boy alpha males who need like a daddy and joe rogan's daddy trump was you know uh for four four years now it's now it's rogan
1: well i'm uh i talked about that this morning too and uh sort of disagree with you a little well he's not as bad as trump in no. fact that uh he doesn't have the evil intent <laughs> to jump as or the self-serving mm-hmm. of make me king or else but uh because everybody's so on the covid stuff the covid misinformation i'm more upset with rogan about his deep state stuff because two weeks ago three weeks ago now he came out with this uh january 6th was the work of agent provocateurs. And uh, he named the two people, Ray Epps and, and Stuart Rhodes, and said, anybody who doesn't believe that is a fucking idiot. He told us this. And so that, to me, is as bad as the big lie, because that's encouraging more violence it's encouraging people to say your election was stolen by the deep state of the government who was just out to get trump and here's proof of it and if you people don't accept this proof you're all fucking stupid yeah that is more dangerous than any fucking covid stuff that he's put out there and it's equal to what trump did this weekend and saying if i'm uh sent to jail i want a civil war uh, on my behalf uh
3: it's yeah yeah. And and Trump also just recently said um, that if he did win twenty twenty four, which I think this is going to cinch the deal, um, that he would pardon everybody that was in January six, and it was like that's all you really need. Right. You know what I mean? Like because because those people want their their friends want to feel like they're justified. You know, nobody else is going to say that kind of stuff. So right,
1: and um, and just dangling the pardon. It, actually incites more like okay so i'll file part in them that means if you do it again um of course i'll consider part of yeah
3: pardon if we him. were all wondering if there was any more lies that he could feed them that would get them to you know rally back to his side that was a huge one that's a yeah. good one yeah because i don't know if he'll actually do it but i know that that's a genuine lie that'll like get people to vote for him again
1: yeah so um uh, so cat says uh the, the uh, let me see what you're saying here. I think this episode's disclaimer should be just, hey, guys, just, just want to remind you that I'm dumb. And so most of you, are. I do think because I brought this up before that people act like we're, we're overreacting to this stuff. And uh, Rogan's not that important. And Neil Young's that not that important. And I agree with all of that part of it. But I do think people like you and me and anybody in broadcasting, even little guys, uh, no matter how big you are, needs to be concerned about this because, and maybe as a a left-wing guy, a progressive, I know you are, you are, are probably more apt to be open to government intervention like a FCC for the internet or, F- or what, what we used to have, the Hayes Code for the internet, the government getting involved in telling you and me what we can do. But I think by Rogan being irresponsible in the, in the way he has, he's encouraging that. And the best way to keep the government off our backs and let us uh, be free to, to express ourselves uh, as we wish is to police ourselves and to be more responsible. And I think his disclaimer probably isn't a good start to that, but it's, it's not unless it's really sincere and and he kind of backs it up. Then eventually government will take over and say, you know what, uh, we can't allow just free speech on the Internet anymore.
3: Yeah, so, it's yeah. kind of insane. I mean, I'm for. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't I, I think the disclaimer is fucking ridiculous. And I think it's a really easy way you know to get out of it kind of a thing because it's kind of how many times has he talked about disclaimers on his show with comedians with other people that are on there and and they talk about it like it's some kind of you know uh government overreach anyway you know when they did it in front of west side story he was like oh, i can't believe that bullshit whatever and now he's willing to have it in front of his podcast because you know it lets him get away with talking about covid stuff you know what i mean like it doesn't matter if there's like he, this is what this is what people don't seem to understand it doesn't even matter if joe has a disclaimer in front of his podcast because it's talking about COVID stuff these kind of people will just believe that it's more government overreach and they'll want to watch it even more he needs to like people think that joe is this open platform you know where he will allow anybody on and he just want like he said in that video i just want to hear ideas and I just want to talk to people. But he's got a very specific group of people that come on that show. And his only uh, uh, recourse is like, well, I had Dr. Sanjay Gupta. First of all, I don't like Dr. Sanjay Gupta. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, I you know, and I think he did. You know, Joe had him on in the same way that Fox News guys love to have liberals like Alan Combs on back in the day because they're not good at speaking. Right. So what? Dr. Sanjay Gupta was not prepared to talk to he wasn't prepared to get into an argument with Joe. He was already nervous, you could tell right from the get-go, because he doesn't do those kind of interviews a lot. And Dr. Sanjay Gupta has to keep his job at CNN. Right. So he's there's all this stuff running through. And I think it was a poor I think I think Sanjay Gupta lost uh handedly in that interview because uh he's not a very good communicator. Yeah. And he's not a, a not a debater, and mm-hmm. uh I don't think it because
1: w- he claimed like I have a lot of respect for Doctor Gupta and all this stuff, and yeah. want to. H- no, it was brought on as an ambush. It's very much, and I've I've been guilty of this myself. I had Dave the Prophet on. Dave was a guy who was going to prove the existence of God, and I was like that. Yeah. You know, what? whether you are a believer or not, don't go down the road that's claim that you can prove the existence of god so i brought him on the program just to kind of let him humiliate himself and uh i think that's exactly what uh rogan's intent was with gupta and if gupta wasn't going to humiliate himself i think rogan was prepared to go one step further and and help him humiliate himself <laughs> yeah
3: <laughs> yeah i mean and again like just to, like again i felt bad for the guy because there was somebody else on his program too another doctor that he had on that nobody had ever heard of um And each time Joe, Joe has like five different ADD style, you know, um, BS questions to ask that were just patently false. Like each thing that he had stated, he stated as fact. And when you're talking to somebody who is a scientist like that, who is not good at science communication, but knows what they're talking about, they're trying to work through each and every, you know, point, which takes up time on the show which they also wind up not being able to get to anything because Joe's still bouncing around from topic to topic in his head. And each, if each thing you're saying is incorrect and you're a scientist and you're trying to be like, okay, I got to disseminate that. I got to pick apart that I got to be careful with what I say here because, you know, you know how scientists don't like to go by percentages that are like a hundred percent or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, so they're trying to be like nuanced and thoughtful and Joe's in an argument. Right. Mostly with the, you know, mostly to prove his own point. And it's like when he had, that's why I was glad he had that one dude on from Australia. I can't think of his name. Oh, yeah. But when Joe did his his myocarditis dance and he was like, yeah, no, uh, you can get myocarditis from COVID and you're eight times more likely to get it through COVID. And he's like, I don't think that's true. And then he had Jamie bring it up and in real time proved himself wrong. But how long did Joe go on about myocarditis and scare the shit out of people about the vaccine before this dude came on? Right. And And danger.
1: When Jamie brought up the stuff, his initial reaction wasn't. Um, let's be open-minded to see what it says. His initial reaction was, oh, this is fuckery. Somebody's uh, putting some planted sources. This is government deep state. Again, coming back to yes. uh, the narrative, the government wants you to believe and all that stuff. That idea that, and you, know, I totally get, you can't completely trust the government on anything. Yeah. I mean, but to to kind of put that stuff out there is a dangerous precedent to, to set. And yeah. he does that. He, he claims that he's got good intentions but then when he gets angry when, when not and defense extremely defensive and calls any source that doesn't agree, completely echo his predetermined uh, outcome that's fuckery and, and false information that yeah and
3: that's he's the- and, you know and again I don't know that he really has any stake in it other than the fact that like his he knows what his audience is he knows who his audience is it's the same thing with Marr you know Bill Marr who I love but he's wrong about COVID. But if, it's funny, if you know Bill Maher, like he's never been a Western medicine guy, but he had no reason to talk about it ad nauseum other than like, you know, when he used to talk about it before, it was in terms of big pharma and people not getting the medicine that they need. And maybe everybody doesn't need antibiotics all the time because, it, you know, like certain things that were true, he was never, he'd never really talked about health like that before. And now because of the pandemic, he gets to jump in with his crazy bullshit about it. And also, he sees Rogan's audience. He wants. He's never liked... Bill Maher's never liked anybody that was more controversial than him. Or or, or thought to be more edgy or controversial than him. Because he's still got that massive ego. Like, as much as he likes to be right about stuff, his ego takes over sometimes. And he's just like, oh, this guy's getting more pressed than me because they think he's edgy. Watch me say something about retarded kids and dogs you know what i mean like right. and then he like and you're like oh all right i guess if you had to make that point right. um but uh yeah it, it but he's now he's on the covid train too because he wants that audience so joe knows who's joe's joe knows who's watching um and he knows the guests he likes that one like dr mccullough what's that, is his name mccullough
1: mccullough yeah peter mccullough
3: peter mccullough and he had the other guy malone right Malone, right um And Joe said it a million times that Malone was one of the ones who created the mRNA vaccine and he didn't. Right. No, he was in the room and ran some studies uh, on some cells. I think at the time, it was um, a
1: 60-year development with hundreds and hundreds of people involved in, in that kind of uh, stuff. But he did claim that he was the inventor of it over and over again. He did. And then went on Rogan program and said, people want to say I'm not the inventor of it. Well, I got the patent. Well, yeah, Marconi has the patent on wireless, too, but we all know Tesla fucking invented it.
3: Right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and that's and the like, thing and that's the thing that people don't notice about what he says and how and like he's he's not like that video that video is great because yeah. people are only going to watch that and they loved it celebrities loved it you know what i mean i like the yeah. rock was like way to go brother but and it's it's just that same kind of shit where anybody that comes off like they're just like oh man you know all i want to do is have conversation and morons go <laughs> "I like conversation." I want, I want people to have conversation too. I like to talk to my friend. And it's like, that's not what he's doing because whenever he has these guys on, it's never like, I want to hear what they say. And then he lets them speak and either comes back at them with actual information or whatever. He's nodding and agreeing with them. And then he, and then it's not like it just goes away with that episode because he takes whatever bullshit they say. And then four or five episodes down the line, whether he's talking to comedians, sports guys or whatever, he'll just reference what they said in yeah. terms of the pandemic so it's just this constant influx of misinformation that that gets fed to what 11 million you every know Americans single day, every day. Yeah. it's ridiculous
1: every single day and uh the other part of this is um now john stewart used to do this all the time too and i disagreed with it then this t- the claim that i'm just a dumb guy uh stewart used to say the show before mine is fucking puppets making prank phone calls uh, yeah. and, and, but Rogan saying, I'm just a dumb guy. It doesn't, first of all, it doesn't smack with, uh, with what he had said. Cause right at the day after the Gupta interview, Don Lemon was saying some shit about him. And Rogan went on to say, uh, he called Rogan, a uh, Lemon, a dumb fuck. He said, you're, you're fucking with the guy who has 10 times more influence than you do. Mm-hmm. You're picking a, a stupid fight, my friend. Now saying that negates that i'm just a dumb guy you can't listen to me he's admitting that he knows he has 10 times the influence that a uh uh, a news outlet or supposed news outlet has yeah uh so you can't claim i'm just a dumb guy once you say you acknowledge how how vast your influence is and how powerful you are uh you're picking the wrong uh, fight with the wrong guy. It doesn't. Yeah, And stages. that's ego
3: coming back yeah. into play too. I mean, it's it, to, to say that he's doing this just because he's interested in talking to people at this point is not the case. He loves, like he mentions how much bigger an audience he has in CNN. And so do the people that come on the show, right. like Jordan Peterson tweets about it constantly. Like, it's what happens when you try to take on Joe, you know, because they also see Joe Rogan as an extension of themselves, which right. is why the show is so popular to begin with anyway, because all these dumb, again, all these alpha brain, you know, they're taking those supplements and shit. All those guys see themselves as Rogan. And it's yeah. a great gimmick. I mean, if you're trying to sell, you know, ad space and stuff and and, and get clicks, that's a great gimmick. I'm wondering
1: how many of those, because we don't ever get the numbers on this. How many of those 11 million are actually uh, United States? Because I, I oh, it's no, a no. worldwide audience. And so maybe that influence is a little bit overstated even right. in his
3: mind as much as our minds yeah and um, he's not like he's for i mean look comedians got like thrown off a of spotify you know a, a month or so ago or whatever because uh they had asked we had asked for more money basically it was like hey you know um we're not getting a <laughs> musicians aren't making any money comedians were as as per usual making like nothing Right. And then we wanted more money, and then Spotify's answer was to throw stand up basically off of Spotify. So right. anything you were getting was gone completely.
1: That's was a, that was my point too. There were plenty of reasons, and this will come coming to the Neil Young side of this. W- and young, I think, has a history of doing things for attention. But uh, when he, especially when he feels like he's kind of out of the spotlight a little bit, but I think there were plenty of. If he was going to get morally indignant about Spotify, uh, that should have come long before the pandemic, even.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, it should. It should have. But I mean, but uh, young, like musicians, don't really make. Here's here's the difference. I you think musicians that. don't make necessarily a point to. Do that kind of stuff. It's not like they talk about it ad nauseum the way comedians do. Like comedians will like, you know, soft hand job each other and their craft every single day. You know what I mean? Over and over again. Um, And then do absolutely nothing to help the next person. They help their friends. They usually help people who know they know are coming up that are going to be successful. You know what I mean? When like someone's about to break, they're like, I've always believed in you. You know what I mean? That yeah. kind of a thing. And they talk about the you know, majesty of stand-up and all that other shit. And I get it too, you know, it's fun to talk about. But when it comes to actually doing anything to help the next guy, you know, that died with the 80s too. I mean, you know, Rodney, Rodney was, you know, a guy that bought jokes from comedians he didn't use, you
2: right. know,
3: because he knew they needed to pay rent and eat, you know, because he he loved comics and he loved stand-up. And then he also like had them on his specials and shows. I don't see Seinfeld doing that. Seinfeld's not running on HBO young comedian showcase and, and bringing up guys and giving them his official stamp and endorsement. They're not doing any of that kind of stuff.
1: No, I heard, uh, Steve Byrne kind of burying, uh, Seinfeld about a week ago about how, uh, counter like he, he brings guys up and destroys them on purpose. And like, he's, he's still insecure Mm -hmm. even with, uh, 300 million dollars or whatever the hell he's worth he's still insecure about uh being really supportive of uh, other young comics and and brings them on to kind of fail and help them fail in front of him to make himself look good even at this point in his life so, jesus a lot of a lot of uh negative. Yeah.
3: but yeah rogan could have done something like that if you wanted if you if, if he was really eager to talk about money and people making stuff on there like that would have been fine so the idea that like i don't think neil young did this because he wanted attention because at this point you know he's much much older like everybody that's that's been chiming in it's not like they needed the press dave Grohl doesn't need the press um you know what
1: did Grohl uh, say because i saw him trending but i didn't hear what he actually said it
3: it was so there was apparently a lot of backdoor talk and i don't know the exact thing that was going on but there was a lot of other artists that were quietly that's why uh spotify responded so quickly right well the four billion dollars helped well the four billion (laughs) dollars helped absolutely but there was a lot of more prominent names that were kind of coming out and being like like this is right those prominent
1: names were the reason for the four billion dollars too
3: right yes exactly yeah investors
1: heard about that they got nervous
3: um yeah yeah exactly but i mean it was same thing joni mitchell and all those other people and um you know i don't think they, they don't need the press i mean you know they're not, they're not touring. They're not selling out, you know, they're not going out or whatever like that right now. I think they just are. I mean, look at it this way, Neil Young and Joni Mitchell, the two of them that did in the beginning, they're both polio survivors. You know, Neil Young had to relearn how to walk. So the vaccine stuff is very personal to them. And I'm sure they know a lot of people, especially in their age bracket at this point, you know, so I, for them to pull out of Spotify ahead of time, because they wanted some band no one ever heard of to, to make more money I don't. I don't see them doing that kind of stuff because I don't see anybody in show business or entertainment doing that kind of shit. Look yeah, at how no. long it took for people to ask for equal pay for women on a movie set, and not all, not ever, not all of them are doing that anyway either.
1: Right? Yeah, I get it. So, but, I mean, but for not... me, it was. I was on that bandwagon like, the minute I heard comedians were getting paid nothing, and I, I get paid from Spotify and and have been. Get, and I said, you know what? Uh, how do I? And I've been. It, it's not as easy. I guess it's easy for Neil Young to pull his shit off of there. No. I haven't, it's been three months now. I've been asking CD Baby and Distro Kid to get my stuff off of there because just in protest of the comedians who were getting nothing, it had nothing to do with the nice. pandemic or any of that stuff. Nothing. It, I thought I was getting raped because it takes 350 or whatever streams to get right. even a dollar. I thought that was rape, but to get yeah. absolutely nothing, uh, and what do what they use to justify that? Makes absolutely no sense. So.
3: I can't remember what they said, but it was absolute bullshit. I,
1: but that—that's really... the part of this that I think is really unfortunate is that the people on the Rogan side of this now are thinking Spotify is taking some uh, principled stance and standing with Rogan. They're just trying to cover yeah, no. their ass
3: business-wise. No, and yeah, maybe they... it won't work out because of the four billion thing. But yeah, they invested in that guy. You yeah. know, and the funny thing is, is like. i i don't like corporations that do that kind of stuff i don't like when a corporation randomly decides i think uh burger king had a a deal going on at the time for like gay rights lgbtq stuff where they were like and it was it was when it was um safe to do it you know i mean trump had been out of office for four years every policy that he had against trans people that he was trying to push through those companies were quiet they didn't do it when it needed to be done. When Biden got in the office, they were like, by the way, check out this new gay burger we're selling on, you know, on the gay day of the year. And everyone was like, what do you? What? And I was like, about time. they are doing the right thing. And I was like, they're just making money on this weird yeah. day of the year. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, they don't give a fuck. No, no. corporation cares
1: about uh, sentiment or public opinion or, uh, right. unless it's going to affect their bottom line. Right. But people people are believing that Spotify is somehow principled in this. And I just want to say that they're the fucking devil. (laughs) Yeah. If you're a creator, if you're a podcaster or a comedian or even a musician, you're getting raped by Spotify. And their plan is to rape you further. Absolutely. Let's not make them into heroes. Um, Yes. (laughs) I want to ask you about Peterson. But first, I have to address this question. Have any of the artists said how much their revenue they're losing by pulling out the catalog? I can tell you. neil young was not making a lot of money at six million streams per month he might have been making maybe a thousand uh some somewhere like thousand fifteen hundred dollars a month off of spotify at doing those kind of numbers so it's not it didn't lose a lot of money and he probably got it all back on the apple side
3: yeah he was yeah he got it all back on apple side and um but uh i mean i don't I, i would not mind if spotify went under i wouldn't miss it i wouldn't care if they did or not i mean it wouldn't here's the other thing too though is that it would joe would just go somewhere else and he'd be just as popular he doesn't need spotify spotify needed him right and they offered him a deal and probably some kind of like protection which is why they're doing it you know yeah the idea that this is somehow
1: censorship is 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 silly because uh first of all there are many platforms he can go to or he could start his own with $130 million. He's worth probably $200 million now. Man. So he could start his own platform and every single one of his followers will go there. So it's in no way censorship. And that really uh, bothers me. Now, you mentioned Peterson before. And, uh, hmm. man, um, he's become a caricature of of himself. It's almost like, uh, like... He, the popularity that he got and and I just want to get your take on this because my take on it is he got popular without being vetted for who he really was. He had a stance that was popular with a certain um, homophobic uh, part of society that was really just afraid of change and, and, and the world moving on, got very popular with them and capitalized on that and became extremely popular without being vetted for who he really was. And now, uh, people hold him up as this like expert or really the the guy who's the, um, the go-to guy on psychology and all this stuff, but he's just become like a cartoon character of a college professor, and uh, I he stepped away from his uh, uh you know tenure, but I think he would have probably been removed somehow if if not because he's just become a ridiculous. Caricature. What's your take on on what's really going on
3: with? Yeah, he stepped away from his tenure. He wasn't. I, I think he was. He was just some unknown whack job college professor. He would have been one of those people, and I've said this online all the time, and his fans get super pissed. He would have been one of those professors that people talked about. Like, can you believe what a crazy motherfucker that guy was? You know what I mean? Like, that's the <laughs> type of professor he was. That people. Where well, everybody's got one of them. Everybody's got like. I mean, I had a couple psych professors that were lunatics. Like you know, like that were just like you couldn't believe some of the stuff that they had said, but you. Were like, All right, it's a three hour class, let me just get through it, you know. Um, and, uh, but he's, you know, he's developed into something more. And the funny thing is, is that everything he says online is just like, um, you know, I see people quoting him all the time. And, you know, they do those meme things where he's like, in deep thought, and he'll say something, but it's totally like, you know, something that somebody has said in the past, but kind of watered down, with no nuance, no context in between. I can't even. I wish I could tell you what, what I found one the other day, and I laughed at it so hard because it is it is that ridiculous. But I was like, like you know, I can't remember what the quote was, but I'm like, you know, so and so said this in like 18 whatever, and it was much more in depth. But people just love it; they don't have to think about it too much. Right? He doesn't have. Yeah, he, he gets to come off like he's a genius because these idiots have never read a book before. So they don't know that it's been said a thousand times. And he's, and he's got like this backdoor psychology stuff that he says, and it's just, doesn't make any sense. And the climate change thing was the weirdest conversation he and Rogan had,
1: you know? Uh Did you see that? The climate types, he kept saying, the climate types. Yeah. What, climate types. Like pe- like uh, people like you and me who, who see what's really happening and kind of, you don't need scientific data to, under you know, or all these scientists behind you to understand that right. global weather patterns have definitely changed. So, yes. to, to me, they've gotten away from this idea that... Um, Yes, it's definitely happening. The debate should be how much is mankind responsible for it? And is there anything we can do to deal with it rather than just say, oh, people are just making this shut up. It's not right. really happening. Like, well,
3: how could you even come to that? I know. Exactly. And, he, you know, and, and again, that's one of those situations where Rogan just lets him talk. Right. And then he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had, um, um. Oh my god, I had an astrophysicist on my show. No, not an astro I don't know what I had what the fuck he is now. I'm that's too early. I can't <laughs> remember who he is. Um, but Lawrence Krauss, I had Lawrence Krauss on my show. And he's great. But he's funny because he had Peterson on too and Lawrence is one of those guys that like I don't agree with everything. I don't agree with his political points of view. I think I think his book um, you know, The Physics of Climate Change was very interesting because I I'd never seen it approached on a physics level, before, which is kind of cool to see, and he's a big climate change guy. He absolutely 100% believes in climate change. He's talked about it ad nauseum with Neil deGrasse Tyson and and all those other guys. Um, and so he was like, "Wow, I'm really surprised that Jordan's take. It looks like we're gonna have to have another conversation. It's like looks like you're gonna have to have ten, dude, because like when Jordan's on other people's shows, he just adapts and like a sponge takes from their intellect. So if he's talking to Lawrence. Jordan comes off very smart because he knows he can't get away with half of the bullshit. He gets away with on Rogan's show because Rogan, Rogan Rogan's a meathead. He's an inquisitive dude, but he's not going to do anything. You know what I mean? Like, he's not going to question somebody that like, uh, like Peterson, who he, you know, fawns over. Right. So, you know, uh, like Ro- Peterson just goes on these, Like it's like anytime you've seen him on, you know, uh, when people call him out for being a bigot, You know what I mean? And saying that he's got these bizarre stances and stuff and he'll go on their show. If it's a woman, he tries to browbeat them because he doesn't think very highly of women. If it's another dude who um, he knows he's not going to win an argument with, you see him kind of backtrack on what he says a lot. So he's a phenomenal talker, Peterson. Like he can that that is where he's really, really brilliant because he loves picking out buzzwords and babble and all that other shit But he also knows each person he's talking to So you'll see a different version of him On everybody's show On a different right. show yep. And you know and Rogan's kind of a You know anything goes Which is why he wore that ridiculous Like one of the you know Penguin's waiter suits from Mary Poppins Like I don't know what that outfit was <laughs> but it was Ridiculous uh, And and he, you know That's why you can go on Rogan's show and say whatever the hell you want Because he's not going to get any pushback from it Right.
1: The funny thing about Peterson is he started as this role model for sophomore and freshman males who needed a masculine um or a a model of what masculinity should be and he's like well you know (laughs) and like this is your model of the new
3: masculinity where where was where was the
1: disconnect
3: here isn't that funny because like you get it with like you get those dudes looking toward to rogan for that kind of stuff right he's a bodybuilder you know what i mean like he is he is in great shape you know He does all that weird, like that totally makes sense to me. That checks out. But when you, then you look at Peterson and he's like, you know, this, he's got this busted Kermit, the frog doll voice. And, uh, you know, and he's, and he's just, he's every, every other podcast too. He's like breaking down crying, which is fine. Like I understand being a sensitive guy. I don't mean that's not masculine, but he's crying because he's mentally unstable and unchecked. You know what I mean? Like none of it makes any sense that's what i mean and i think of these young boys and i'm like why why are you thinking of young boys and why are you crying over it stop
1: yeah that's what I mean about him be, becoming a caricature of himself. It's like if I were the president of the university, I'd be seeing that and saying, uh, "We have something wrong with Justin. Uh, we we need oh Jordan. We need to have him looked at and and kind of uh, relieve him of his duties for a while."
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and like half the stuff that he says sometimes too. It's like you know, um, I'm trying to find that thing. The one of the quotes that I love too because it also just appeals to like random housewives that are sitting home. you know, it's like half of the shit that he says is for people who just want to feel good. Right. And I'm not saying that you should make, there's plenty of ways to make people feel good, you know, but like you don't have to spoon feed them garbage quotes, you know? Uh, and everybody kind of like takes it in a different way. You know what I mean? Like they're they're like, Oh, this applies to me when it never like it in no way does. You know what I mean? Like, trying to find this fucking thing it's it's hilarious if i find it i will tell you (laughs) but it's not a not a great uh great guest thing to be scrolling through somebody's phone but (laughs) i'm like give me a second i'll find it in a second you You know you see see. here's the crazy thing i save this shit because i'm like this will be great if i go to talk on anything and then of course you know it's like a week later and i can't find it again well like,
1: i I think check your instagram page because uh it's, you I, you do post a lot of those memes and stuff that you see or, or yeah. or a lot yeah. yeah i'm
3: like where the fuck <laughs> is it god and it'd be funny if i deleted it out of anger because i couldn't stand seeing his face either uh oh my god gotta god. say hello to husky boyo out there if uh, you notice i'm
1: wearing your shirt today i broke into your house and stole your shirt so that's fantastic. Uh, hope hopefully the ladies will find me as attractive as they find you, my friend. Um
3: it it is just, you know, here's the thing though, it is just kind of crazy like uh the the Rogan stuff. I I agree. it's it's crazy because I agree with a lot of what people are saying in terms of like yeah, the media uh doesn't do a good job and they've got these, you know, talking heads that are going a mile a minute all the time. And I understand the public likes long-form conversation. I like long like I I actually like watching Rogan's show when he's got comedians on, when he's got entertainers on, even when he's got like, you know, astrophysicists on and uh you know um I was gonna start (laughs) trying to think of DMT guys and stuff like that. I I like hearing their crazy bad shit and saying stories from like drug trips and you know and all that other stuff. I think that's engaging and really, really fun. I think he lost a lot of people when he started talking about this pandemic in a way that was, you know, putting out false information, like that's the other thing that people don't really understand is like uh, Tom and I have a friend, it's Tom's friend. And now she's become our friend. Her name is Heather, Butts, um, and she's a uh, public health expert and a professor at Columbia university. And she's got a million degrees and um, access to peer reviewed research and all that other stuff. But she, um, you know, she understands what's going on and what's happening and she understands public health. And it's actually kind of helped me crystallize it. This, like you're not allowed to do a bunch of shit when it comes to public health. Like if it endangers public health, especially during a public health emergency. So any of this stuff about freedom like all that shit goes out the window. If you're actively like poisoning the society that you're living in. Yep. And an endangered yeah. public health. So that's another thing people don't understand. It's like there's a lot of shit that like if it's a if it's uh, during a public health emergency, you cannot do. Yeah. And free freedom of speech well and, and this is a classic thing that people
1: forget about is freedom of speech is a great thing, but you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. Right. And a lot of this stuff is equivalent of that uh in a, in a big way now it, it's going to come full circle for you tonight because you got james inman on at 11 uh, 8 eastern time tonight Who is and i'm wondering are you good gonna... <laughs> james a funny guy and he's going to bring a lot of attention either uh, live or or in in because because he's fascinating even if he's crazy as shit mm-hmm. but he will Try to incorporate every conspiracy theory that's ever been come up with tonight in whatever t- how much time you're gonna uh uh allow him and i'm just wondering wh- how much you're planning on uh letting him just spout some because he has come up with some really off-the-wall conspiracy theories that right. are far out there and some of them border on as dangerous as can be And okay. but you have to take <laughs> I think people understand the sort that he's fucking nuts. But the question oh, yeah. for you is how long, how much time are you going to give him and how are you going to put kick back at all? Do you plan on uh just like I don't know him... him
3: that well and I didn't know any of that. So basically, I mean, <laughs> look, any, anytime somebody has any kind of COVID bullshit that they're saying, i put I push back on all that kind of stuff. Like I, but as far as like I like kind of talking about conspiracy theories, you know, if they're government conspiracy theories that are like uh alien shit or whatever like that's kind of fun to discuss i like yeah, discussing yeah, yeah, bizarre yeah. shit like that <clears throat> you know um within reason i think you know QAnon people are fucking bad shit insane they're fun to discuss right. um you know i like that kind of stuff but if it has anything to do with anything like uh any misinformation about covid i'll absolutely course correct it
1: yeah it's not just covid too i mean like when uh, and because he turns tends to tie them all in like it's one big grand conspiracy theory so i had him on to talk about the epstein stuff and all of a sudden it was israel and the jews and i was like wait a minute that's (laughs) this is beyond where i'm i'm willing to let this stuff go so i had to put my own disclaimer on the end of that show like jesus uh, (laughs) <laughs> i know i well when i had inman on the first time it was because andy andrews kind of uh encouraged me to have him on and then after i uh, was i was exhausted and i and i called andy and i said well, what'd you do to me he said you fucked up you trusted me and now it's my turn to do that to you <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna have inman on and, and you're gonna call me and say what
3: the fuck did you do to me that's, that's great good. You fucked up, you trust. Yeah. Me. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I we haven't I, we haven't had too many guests on that like kind of do that kind of shit. Um so uh, I'm usually pretty careful about that kind of stuff, but I don't know. We'll see. He's he's, he's he's. I'll just put a disclaimer on that he's fucking insane. Yeah,
1: and I would just say to people who are listening now, uh, don't listen to my show tonight. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, go over to Dystopia Tonight, which you'll find on Twitch and Facebook. Well, go to Facebook; it's a safe one. I Thank put the you, link man. on on Twitter for everybody. Uh, oh, cool. Thank you. Yeah, because I don't I don't trust James to get it right. I uh, know <laughs> I'm he, gonna have to email him. I think you'll enjoy the conversation as long as he doesn't go too far down some of these extreme. He, yeah,
3: like, he emailed me and he said he, he was interested in talking about comedy and stuff too, which I kind of, I'm always willing to do.
1: Yeah, good. I know he's a huge fan of yours. I, I think uh, the whole dystopia
3: uh, thing is very appealing to him because awesome. That- yeah that'd be a lot of fun i can't wait and i got in touch with paul prevenza by the way so that was nice yay yeah so he's gonna come on uh he, uh he wants me to call he's got some stuff going on but he wants me to call him at end of march and stuff and then I, and not end of march end of february to go yeah. for march so that'd be cool he's always
1: got some stuff going on um he's he's working on this film for andy the, the film did he tell you and yeah You're, yeah so basically, that's been in the works for forever, and it's a project that just kind of got handed to him. Here's the raw footage. Do something with this stuff. Nice. So that's a nightmare to come out with. Sure. Uh, so uh, yeah. So as far as I guess, kind of wrapping up this whole whole discussion. Well, going back to where I started, the Trump thing this weekend. I know, mm-hmm. I know where you stand politically, and probably and are. Uh, nothing trump could do i i don't want to say that uh, very little trump could do that would impress you as good but what he did this weekend i think was off the charts seditious do you think yeah. um do you think there's going to be anything from or is merrick garland just kind of a lame do uh, head of the doj attorney general is uh, is anything going to happen
3: no no i don't think is. trump's not going to go to jail um He's- He's not. Nothing's gonna happen with him. Um, I think they're just gonna play the long game and bleed him out financially, which is, you know, not the result anybody wants to see because you can't actively see it happening. But he's gonna be so bombarded by by lawsuits and and kept in court and all other stuff. He is going to be bled out. What ab- What about
1: the daughter? Because uh, she and and the kids in New York, especially. Um,
3: um, I this- would. I don't think anything's gonna happen to the media. Like nothing really ever happens to the rich. Like, and if you see anything, well, Madoff, that... <laughs> yeah, but but you know what's crazy? The only reason why anything happened to Madoff is because he, uh, he attacked the rich. Right. If he had taken money from poor people, he'd be fine. <laughs> but he took money from celebrities and other financially yeah. secure people, Real and they were haunted. like, "We yeah. can't have this happen."
1: Oh yeah. Good yeah. point uh but it hasn't uh, well no i I was gonna say hasn't trump done that no trump is uh getting the contributions from the lowest denominator yeah of course yeah
3: yeah there were people who he had ruined financially by donating to him who were like i can't believe i i trusted you and you know blah 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 and i gave you all this money and it's like but you're living in a fucking trailer dude like why would you do that
1: so play the long game here now with the 2024 election you, trump is definitely going to try to run again yeah as the republican party i think the republican party might split in two over this because uh or at least the majority going with trump and then a small fraction um uh, separating themselves from that and probably dominating a more conventional uh candidate what's your t- what's what do you see happening?
3: Long it's long. gonna definitely be between like Trump and DeSantis. I don't know. Um, I I think Trump still has a lot of loyalists in the Republican base. And I don't think that I mean, I I would my goal would be is that they did fracture, right? Because there's nothing better than the Republican Party fracturing to a bunch of different groups and getting completely disorganized. But I don't know. They they turned into cowards, uh, you know, for Trump towards as it got closer. How think of how many Republicans initially trashed Trump and couldn't stand him. Like even Candace Owens, you know what I mean? Like in the beginning was like not on Trump's side and completely called, like you can just find them all over the place, you know, calling him a buffoon and names, all this stuff. And then as soon as they thought like we either have to be with him or against him and he's going to win, they fell in line. So I don't know. I don't, I don't think the Republicans have much of a backbone. They're way more unified than Democrats are that way. I don't know who the Democrats are going to run. Because Biden's not going to win again.
1: I wouldn't think so either, but pe- people are telling me he will. But then I don't have any idea who might run. And again, no if either. I if I think back to 2006 at this time, nobody knew Obama was even in the wings at this time, right, no. in 2006. So we're in the same position now. We don't know who's, who might be out there in the Democratic field. But I don't see anybody... If it comes down to, but they will get people like me who just, i never voted for any uh, member of any uh, political party until uh, of either of, of the big parties until the last election, when I had to vote for Biden, just to, it was not a vote for Biden. It was a vote against Trump. Yeah. So hopefully, <laughs> well, that's <laughs> the
3: thing. They can't play that card again. And I, and I, and I, it bothered me that they even played it in the first place because they were like, you know, uh, their, their Democrats' entire rhetoric was like, We are at an unprecedented time in our history when you know our democracy is at stake, and yada, yada, yada. but like, all you, I mean, I don't understand people had no foresight because it was like, you know, okay, uh, we have to vote Trump out now, but guess what? His son's gonna run, his daughter's gonna run, and each time Democrats are gonna use that as an excuse to not vote progressive or right. to not push for the immediate change that we all need to see in the country. You know what I mean? Like they're going to go for that safe bet every time, but they're the ones who are creating the unprecedented time in history by not doing anything about these guys because they're all like, this is where James, James and I will probably agree is that they are kind of all embedded in this whole thing. The democratic convention, when they did that thing where they had the Republicans join them or some Republicans join them on stage at the DNC was such complete and total horseshit. Because I would have understood it if they had all been on stage together and they were like, look, we are the reasons, both Democrat and Republican, that we got Trump. We have not done our jobs in the last 10 years. We have not protected our people against, you know, misinformation and rhetoric and yada, yada. So we're coming together now to do this, to ask you to help, whatever. They just patted themselves on the back. And we're yeah. like, we're the ones who, but but but, and it was like, no, you're not. We're in this mess because of you. Like, right. there's a clear line between you guys and Trump, and also what they did to Bernie in, you know, when he ran against Hillary, and then what they did to him again. I mean, you know, you talk about people talk about media um, manipulation and all that other stuff. One of the one of the things I remember, and I took a screenshot of this, and I have it somewhere, is when Bernie was in the lead. When he was like, whenever, when he blew everybody out of the water and they couldn't believe he was in the lead, CNN ran with one of their top anchors, ran a headline on the crawl on the bottom. And it said, Bernie Sanders and COVID-19 can either be stopped. (laughs) And I was like, and I remember watching the news and going, are you fucking kidding me? like and, and people would people would swear up and down that oh no the, the you're you're paranoid you're sounding like a trumper the mainstream media is not against whatever and i was like of course they like like that's the one thing i thought was so funny because trump is absolutely a liar right like there's no question he spins the truth constantly he knows he's a lot you know and all this stuff but the one thing he told the truth about was that the media about the media and how they're easy manipulated and can't be trusted because Trump spent an inordinate amount of his career manipulating the media. Yeah. He, he pretended to be his own agent.
1: Right. right so he right. would make
3: those phone calls and, and feed them lies. And he knew how to have them pick up on those lies.
1: You know if if you or I did that and were caught with the tape of it pe- people the people I know cuz I have most of my friends are Trumpers most of my lifelong friends are Trumpers those people would shame me and never let me forget about it but with him you play the tape and they kind of they can't even hear it it just goes through their no, head. No yeah they can't but we know what's going to be interesting in 18 months or so Joe Rogan uh is going to endorse Bernie Sanders again and it's just going to be interesting to see how these all these people who are uh, very right wing right now, who have wrapped their arms around him as a hero of the right wing, are going to say, "Wait a minute, <laughs> we can't love Joe Rogan anymore. He's he's endorsing Bernie Sanders." Right. Uh, you, you think that uh, I'm I'm right on that?
3: I don't know if you. Well, I, I, I don't know if Bernie's going to run again because he. I mean, you know, he is too old at this point, and I don't know what's going to happen. But I don't. I don't. I. Honestly, like this is the first time I don't know that I may even vote again because I'm 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 so unhappy with Biden. And uh and I understand, like, here's the thing. I'm not somebody who's unaware of all the stuff he's rewritten about Trump, all the stuff that he had to do. And right. that's just but I also feel like that's par for the course and not something I necessarily want to pat the guy on the back for right. because it was obvious like you, you would have to do that. Like, just as a decent human being, you would have to do all that course correction stuff for the environment and for jobs or whatever. But it's the same stuff that the Democrats always talk about. And even the Republicans do the same shit where they're just like, oh, look at the jobs. People have more jobs now. No one can see that on the ground floor. No one can see that kind of incremental change. And it's the kind of stuff that you get to talk about when you're in politics and when you when you tell people you're doing again, it's great more people have jobs but what fucking kind? Of, it's not like they're filling the apple store full of people. you know what i mean yeah. like it's it's not you know they're like construction's back and but uh well i'm sorry dude but not everybody's a construction worker and not everybody's working you know you know like on that level or whatever um so i don't i don't you know it's the stuff that you don't see so incrementally no one's seeing those kind of changes take place um and it's stuff that they can just kind of talk about and I, I want them to do more. He did not cancel student loan debt. He went back on that a million times. He did not take care of people still during COVID. The CARES Act is nowhere to be fucking found in the middle of a pandemic. Um, you know, he did not go through with any mandates. So he's leaving it up to the states. Everything that the Democrats are doing are prolonging COVID. And I don't mean like, you know, um, we should be getting back to work. And forget that it exists i mean like he should be doing stuff to support people who voted for him because the people who voted for him did their due diligence we got the vaccine we stayed inside we're still we're still quarantining and staying inside so people don't have to get it and then the people that were essential workers busted their fucking asses and went out and worked during this kind of time and endangered themselves and their lives and then now you know they're not essential workers anymore right now there are people who don't want it. Now there are people who are calling out sick and they're like, do you really have to? And it's like, well, you left them no choice. Right. Because you didn't take care of their rent and, and you eliminated any kind of financial aid. You know, the fact that we got more checks than from Trump than we did Biden is ridiculous. But, <laughs> you know.
1: Well, I appreciate you joining me for this hour, and uh, it's been an uh, interesting conversation. I respect your viewpoints on this, and I hope uh, people will uh, take what you said with an open mind. Look forward to your program tonight. Even though I hey, can't man. watch live, I will probably. <laughs> so
3: just have it on. I'll have yours on in the corner. You have mine on in the corner of our screens, and everybody can be like, what the fuck is going on between these? <laughs> and then we'll tell everybody we're dating. No,
1: right. Well, uh, again, you know, thanks so much for, for doing this today. And no problem, uh, man. Thanks for having Come you. back anytime, man. Uh love having you. Thank you. you, you. Cool. Oh, yep. bye for now. Peace. John Pavaromo, folks. Uh, Dystopia Tonight. James Inman will be on at 8.30. He has an actress. I forget her name. Hold on. I'll pick it up. in One second. I'll get you the actress's name, uh, and author's name that he has on tonight at 8 p.m. It's, uh, I should have asked him what he had. Haley McGee. Uh, will be on at 8 p.m. And then 8.30, uh, James Inman. And that might just run over time, I think. Uh, And I think you will find that compelling. How could you not with James Inman on? Uh, So that's the program for today. I appreciate everybody coming by. I appreciate all the comments uh, and all the interaction in the chat room. I'll be back with you tomorrow. Tomorrow, uh, guest unknown yet for tomorrow. I do have uh, Jackie, the joke man, Martling on Wednesday morning and um tommy chong will be with me at 1 p.m might be my final 1 p.m show i have canceled all the 1 p.m shows as far as booking goes i have a few remaining in the can but i'm stepping away from the one o'clock until such time as i finish the book so i'm doing that to give myself some time to finish the book so hopefully i'll see you guys tomorrow thanks for coming i did not run the sponsors today today's show was brought to you by Coa coffee let me run that really quickly This episode is brought to you by Koa Coffee. If you are a coffee connoisseur and want to experience the best coffee Hawaii has to offer, no blends, no compromise, try the true taste of Aloha. Koa Coffee produces premium Hawaiian coffee, hand-picked, expertly roasted, and delivered from Hawaii to your door with Aloha with aloha, whatever that means. From award-winning 100% Kona coffee grown on the slopes of the Manaloa volcano to the unique mocha beans of Maui, they strive to provide their loyal customers with the best quality and freshness. Since 1997, Koa Coffee has been known far and wide as a product of utmost quality, and their awards prove it. Koa Coffee was featured in Forbes' Top 10 Coffees of the World. This is the coffee Forbes called the best coffee in America. Find out what it's all about. Go to minddogtv.com slash coffee. Okay, that's... uh. I, I apologize for not getting to that sooner. I know they're going to be a little upset with me. Kawa Coffee, best coffee in America, uh, rated by Forbes uh, magazine uh, last year. So uh, check them out. We do have... Uh, Joe Andrus is going to be sending me some uh, coffee samples. He's also a coffee uh, coffee dealer. <laughs> I don't wanna, it sounds like a drug dealer type of thing. Anyway, appreciate everybody coming today. I know some people get upset with me if I don't play tearing on the radio, so I just want to remind everybody uh, what to do every single morning. Don't forget to.